Welcome to the Talking With Tech podcast. This is Chris Bouguet here with... Rachel Madel. And once again, we are in my car driving around Virginia. And uh, Rachel, while you were at my house and you were checking your email, something pretty awesome happened. You know what, Chris? I'm so excited to share this because I feel like this is oftentimes a missing link when I'm working with students. And so long story short, I have been working with a family for a little under two years. And this student has been introduced to AAC, started using it at a pretty young age, um, and has been somewhat inconsistent in his use of it. Um, And when I say inconsistent, he's consistently initiating and activating, but it just is it it feels like he doesn't have a high level of accuracy uh, because, you know, we'll be holding something up and playing with something and he'll be kind of talking about something different. And it just kind of, we get this sense that he's not being as accurate as he could be. And it's been perplexing to me because he has symbolic communication. He has a handful of signs. He has word approximations that are very consistent. Like he can say up, he can say more, you know, he of course is using approximations of these words. Um, you know, he's saying hi and bye, but he's not being accurate with AAC. And so to make a very long story short, we've been kind of trying to uncover every stone here and trying to kind of problem solve to figure out what's going on. And one of the things that I have been talking to the family about has been visual impairment. He has some kind of underlying signs that he, you know, is maybe not visually accessing or visually processing his environment. Um, You know, he's not always looking while he's going out to reach for the iPad. He, you know, is somewhat inconsistent with targeting. So we'll play some iPad games and it's like there's only one thing on the screen that he's supposed to touch and he kind of doesn't usually hit it. Um, it, it, He, we've tried some high contrast symbols and, you know, we've been kind of, I've been trying to coach the team on low vision strategies to help support him. Long story short, this student just got diagnosed with cortical visual impairment. And so it's been this kind of journey and it's, it's, I'm happy about it because finally we have some understanding about what's going on for this student. Um, I have been trying to coach the team on low vision strategies for a while now, but hopefully now with a diagnosis of CVI, everyone will be more diligent in utilizing those strategies. Um, I also am you know, eager for him to get the right support so that he can start learning how to visually process and understand what he's seeing. Um, The nice thing about cortical visual impairment is it can be remediated. It can improve over time with the right types of teaching and support. So um, it was kind of a um, not super surprising. I felt like there was something going on visually for him, um, but I'm happy that we finally have a diagnosis so that we can do all the things we need to do so that he's able to, to finally make progress. I have some my wonders. When you go back and listen to the episodes that we've had, the interviews we've had where we've talked about cortical visual impairment, a thought that keeps coming up, uh, and, and this is another example, 
is I wonder if this, if some of the strategies weren't just the default strategies, meaning um, many AAC, most AAC has a white background with black text. And some allow you to reverse that so that there's a black background with white text or that you can have high contrast features. And I just wonder, uh, like so many different websites or, or, um, or, or web tools where they have dark mode, what if that was the default feature? Uh, things come with dark mode and then you have to turn on the opposite, right? Same thing here. I wonder if with AAC, what would be the harm if the default mode when you turned it on was dark backgrounds with white text or yellow text and then you had to go make those changes if you wanted it to be white background with black text. That's a perfect, that, that, I just, I wonder with the developers that listen to this podcast, what they might say about that. Like, what if that was the default mode? And then the second thing is, one of the things we know we do with, um, or one strategy we use with students who use cortical visual impairment is to describe the salient features of an object, meaning this thing is is hard, it's red, it's, uh, it's bright, right? Which to me is also equal to descriptive teaching, you know, or, or you could equate it to, to descriptive teaching. Again, why not just use just those those features all the time and describe those, those salient features? Because then it would help for people just like your student here who was undiagnosed, but they could have been using the same strategy even without the diagnosis. Yeah, it's a really great point, Chris. I'm often frustrated that there is kind of a lack of AAC options that support high contrast, uh, which I recognize at some level you need to have high contrast symbols. So that's part of the challenge. But I do think that we could make some easy tweaks to just make high contrast the default and to not have to, you know, change all of these things. Um, I also think that that's it's one area where when I over time I'm not seeing accuracy and I feel you know like the student has language but is for whatever reason just not being super accurate it's the first thing I think about is like how are they visually accessing it and if we know that you know we went through this whole assessment process I did a team-based approach I tried to figure out all the different features we might need and I feel like when my students get diagnosed later on with cortical visual impairment, after we've introduced AAC, I'm usually stuck in this really hard dilemma where I'm like, okay, well, do we switch the system now? Now that we know that they have cortical visual impairment and we know that high contrast supports those students, we also know that, you know, hopefully with the right types of supports, he's not gonna have CVI, you know, for, for, for that long. So I always struggle with that. And it just, it's one thing that I wish that more app developers considered um, just because it would make it a lot easier to not have to figure out like, okay, cause now I'm in this dilemma. Do I switch this, do I switch the system? Do I change it now? We've all learned this system. Everyone's practiced it. He hasn't been super accurate with it, but he's still familiar with it. Um, and that's just a big dilemma that I wish I didn't have to deal with. And if the app developers are listening, please, please help me here, you guys. <laughs> All right, with that, let's take us into the interview, which is um, uh, my interview with Samantha Hagnes and Becky Woolley, part two. Do you love this podcast? We would love for you to take a second and leave us a review on iTunes. That way more people can find this podcast and learn how to support individuals using AAC. We also love hearing from our listeners. 
It reminds us that all of the hard work we put into this podcast really matters. And don't forget to subscribe so you always know when we release new podcasts. Now let's head back into the episode. Uh, like you said, depending on how it goes, couldn't really di- dictate what that rollout looks like. Yeah. Right. Um, I guess a little bit, a, a question that you'll have to wrestle with, especially if you're talking to the people who hold the purse strings is like, okay, well, what's the budget? Samantha, Becky, tell me how much money I'm setting aside here. Um, and so that knowing the feedback from the pilot will help you know, well, okay, we are, we're doing it. We're everybody or no, actually let's just start in preschool and then look six months down the line. Right. Um, does that sound right? Like you sort of having to give somebody some ideas of what this is going to cost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we have presented that like the financial piece to them already. So they know what it would look like financially to roll it out on a huge scale, you know, or on a bigger scale. And so, and the beauty about grid for education is that they started grid for education. And it basically means you get five licenses for, I don't remember, but for a highly discounted price. Um, So it's very different than just getting grid three for one student. So this grid for education package is like, very reasonable, I guess. I mean, like in the realm it of- It seems reasonable to It us. seems reasonable. Sure. Yeah. Does, do your teachers currently have an iPad that is exclusively for the teachers? A, a lot of our teachers do. I want to say almost all of the teachers in our, for our in our autism program in our district, we have like the RISE program and the SOAR and RISE are your- um, are your students who are rising. So they oftentimes are your like minimally verbal students or some of our non-speaking, this higher supportive needs. And so, um, and I think, I think all of our teachers in those classrooms have an iPad that they can use to not have classroom iPads. So there's like iPads we check out specifically to the student and then there's classroom iPads that we check out to teachers. Right. And that's, and so that could be their modeling tool, especially if a kid's like, this is mine, don't touch it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. be modeling on that. So I guess we also created a bunch of core boards. Um, so if we don't have a classroom device or not enough, right. Cause in some classrooms, we might have three IAs like at the high school level. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so we also have core boards that we have created and printed on like a huge scale, um, that they all have tons of copies of for modeling as well. Tell me more about that core board. Is that Touch Chat 60? Is it? It is aligned very closely with Touch Chat 60. Um, we made like, you know, we like the obvious changes, right? right? We didn't put like clear, clear is not on there. And right. home. And <laughs> right. so we tried to keep things in the same locations as much as possible. But then the one thing that we really wanted to add was to make sure that we had some emotions on the core boards, because I just think like, it is so important, especially for our students, like when they're dysregulated and are having trouble communicating those emotions, I, we just really wanted to have emotions always accessible to our students. And so in rearranging some of the things by taking off home and clear and things like that, we were able to put emotions. And then we also made it so that they can add fringe over that like corner, um, with like a flip fringe type set up. Yeah. So if they have sensory tools that you just, they need access to, they can, you can like use little key, key rings and flip, um, like nine icons that would hide the emotions then, you know, but they're still they're there. Over, right. If that yeah. makes sense, like for personal motivating vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me ask what's on the back. 
an, an alphabet, alphabet. <laughs> yeah, awesome. and then lots of descriptive words that support literacy and math. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that numbers is, too. Numbers, numbers, yeah, we put numbers. alphabet and then, yeah. Right. So things like quiet, loud, long, short, you know. Many, few. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, back to the iPads for a second. <laughs> um, it, it makes me think that your predecessor, Doug, you said his name, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Um, maybe had a hand in in helping get those iPads. Is that fair? Yeah. Right. So something to be considering um, that I think a lot of people don't necessarily think the longevity of it. So I'm going to mention it here, maybe not for you, but for all the listeners listening, or maybe for you too, is that iPads die. (laughs) And so they have a shelf life of usually like five years or so before they don't take security updates anymore, or we need to be looking at something else. So those teachers that already have the iPads, how far along are they in that cycle? Is that something we need to be thinking about down the road? No, well, they just got them last year. We got four years before we need to worry about it. Or we just uh, got a whole bunch last week. Yeah, last week. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe two weeks ago. So, but and yeah. we, we like as a department, are aware of like the refresh schedule, right? Essentially, for an iPad, that like they only last so many years, and then we have to refresh that generation. You know, like the whatever, generation six are still being supported, I think, but will probably be on their way out sooner than later. And so those will have to be refreshed with new iPads. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, I think that's really wise that you're thinking that far ahead in plotting out and letting your administrators know that so that uh, so that, that that price point per year, like here's what it's the initial rollout is going to be, but recognize in the future for it to continue to be successful, it's going to cost this amount each year. Let me ask with that budget, um, you had mentioned it, so I really want to dig into it. But, but before we get in there, um, tell me about the training, and then you had mentioned coaching. So that's going to be another price point for sure because of um, probably providing a sub to teach people how to do this, right? So um, what are you thinking, the training? And then you had mentioned it, so I'm kind of really curious what your coaching looks like. Yeah. So I think to start, um, in our, I don't guess, I don't know if it's how different it is in other districts, but, um, you know, our teachers come back, I want to say a week before the students come back. So for that sub situation, right, hopefully we'll actually be able to do like our big training before the school year starts and Smartbox, So the parent company of grid three, um, they are going to help with that initial training. Um, so we'll be able to do some like pretty hands-on long trainings to like get it going. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, coaching. So in our district, there's different levels of coaching. So um, we have like special education instructional coaches that are assigned to like, you know, a high school, maybe just one school, but elementary, maybe three or four schools. And their whole job is to coach and be a mentor to the teachers at that campus. And so we are, our plan is to partner with them, make sure that they understand how to use this like software well, software well, so that they can also be like able to provide ongoing coaching mm-hmm. for our teachers is the thought. And then we also actually have an ed tech trainer like department or an educational technology department in our district that supports all of our teachers, gen eds, but you know, in general, they are a support to everybody. And the ed tech trainers same idea. They're assigned to certain campuses and are also there to support. And so that since this is a software, mm-hmm. then that's another level of potential like support and coaching. And then we also just have the most fabulous SLPs and like 120 of them. Yeah. Um, and so I'm hope like in my perfect world, yeah, like they see this and 
like see the same potential that we do and like really buy in. And so that they will also be able to really support the teachers through this. Gotcha. Okay. Well, let me ask, are any of those speech language pathologists, did they come up in your mind about in the being involved in the pilot? Like talk to them, maybe you already have, what's been the feedback so far? So we just are getting some feedback from some of our preschool SLPs specifically. So there's a committee Mm -hmm. as they're getting ready for some of the changes in preschool and helping create visuals already. So they already have a small group who is kind of like, it's already sort of their role to be thinking about some of these things. So we haven't gotten to meet with them yet, but they've seen it and they were excited. Um, And then I think we just also have some SLPs in mind that we definitely want to collaborate with because they will have wonderful ideas. Mm -hmm. I know they will. Um, And once again, we, our SLPs work a week beyond the end of the school year. And so there is some time, which is not something that we often have, but often (laughs) at the end of the school year, we're like, well, we turned in our paperwork a month ago. Like, what are we going to do with this time? So I'm excited that there's something like really meaningful um, That that we can be working on during that last week. Well, it sounds like you have no shortage of support. You have facilitators that will be able to um, support your work here and get the idea across. Um, Tell me more about coaching in relation to modeling, specifically modeling on that. I'm going to keep hammering on it. The touch chat word Uh power. Yeah. Yeah. So we do. um, So we put on trainings throughout the school year, specifically that like talk all about modeling, 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 you know, on devices and on core boards. Um, And all, most, I think all of our, at this point, all of our special education instructional coaches have taken that training or we've gone and we've just done trainings for them so that they understand modeling and the importance of modeling and why it's necessary. And, um, and so that they can then help support their teachers. And then we also just as AT department will go and like help support teachers as well. Yeah. Becky, what is that training like? Like people come to a building? They come, and, yeah, you know... they they do. They come to one of our district buildings and we kind of start off with just building like just general knowledge and background knowledge as to like AAC and what modeling is and why we need it. And, and then we get very hands-on and we practice, practice, practice playing different games. Gotcha. <laughs> Lots of games. It's really games. fun and hands-on. And I mean, people leave very excited. Yeah. So they get to practice like you buddy up and you one person. We, we bring up as many iPads as we will have people in the class. We bring uh-huh. up horror boards that they get to take with them. Um, and yeah, everyone gets everyone gets to be touching the devices because I think I didn't realize this, that there was actually a barrier to getting them to touch the first the device the first time. And I've seen this, especially with some of our instructional assistants. I didn't realize that they were afraid to touch the device, whether that's like, I'm going to break it. I'm going to press the wrong thing. Like there was this like kind of fear to just get them going. And then it's like, once they get going, then they're going, you know, then, then it, I don't know. It was just, it was a barrier. I didn't know was there. Yeah. So that's, we want them to, yeah. So we do a lot of hands-on practice and then we do try to really explain and help them understand the idea of descriptive teaching, mm-hmm. you know, that whole concept so that they know how to model, because I think sometimes they're just looking for, they just are trying to dig for nouns. And so we, we definitely hit on that as well. Core, core, mm-hmm. core language, right? We do a lot of core versus fringe. Do you, do you use um, one of the acronyms that are out there, like Tabby Jones-Williver's Master Pal or Jill Center and Matt Bod's S'mores or anything like that? 
We don't. Mm-hmm. So um, do you mind if I offer some uh, su- a suggestion here? So, yeah. so something that has really helped us in our neck of the woods is what you've talked about now is this training experience that goes from uh, an awareness level. All right, I know that I'm supposed to model. I know I'm supposed to touch the the th- the, the things, the words. Um, I'm going to have a tool now to help me know which words I should be um, modeling because there's this grid that's going to be behind me. I um, am not afraid to do it because I've actually got to touch and practice in this safe little space where um, I buddied up with somebody else and I got to, to model to them and someone modeled to me, right? Um, but then the game time situation, when you're actually with the kids, it's a slightly different thing right and so something that's worked in our neck of the woods is we also gave someone an instructional coach to say um all right we're gonna record you modeling and we're gonna actually count how many times um we did it within 50 utterances so we we recorded counted up how many times there was 50 utterances uh by the the communication partner and then how many of those utterances did you actually touch words on the device, right? And we counted those. And then we did some ongoing coaching where we visited and sometimes we would jump in and model and sometimes we would just watch them and ask them for feedback afterwards. How do you think that went? If you're if the, if the idea is you're going to be touching the buttons more while you're talking, then how, how did that go? You know, get their f- thoughts on it. And then we measured them again later on in the school year. Uh, where we did another 50 utterances. And what we saw is this huge increase. Well, I don't know. Uh, the numbers are, we saw an increase. Huge is subjective, right? We saw an increase in their modeling from from when we video recorded them first through re- where we video recorded them second time. And we also got some data from them saying how much they enjoyed the experience. Because at first, even people listening right now are probably feeling the stress of like, and you're probably doing it too, like, oh, we're going to have to record people. They don't want to be recorded, right? They certainly are people felt that way. But by the end, no one saw the recording, but their coach, these, these support network that you just described could be their coaches. They don't have to be really good at it. They could just ask reflective questions and have the idea behind it. Um, and then uh, the, we, we asked them at the end of the experience, how did it go? And they were like, we love this. Like we didn't get one negative comment. Everyone enjoyed the experience because they saw their skills get better. They saw their numbers go up, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't just feeling better. I saw my numbers get better. So like I I only was only modeling like 5% of the time based on what I was saying. The words coming out of my mouth versus what I was touching on the device was only 5%. But now I went up to 15, 20, 25, 30%. You know, everyone had their, their percentage of growth. Um, and so that could be something really valuable here as you look, maybe not next year, or maybe again, a small pilot. If you have this, it sounds like you have a really good network of instructional facilitators. Could we ask them to do a number of sessions that are a coaching model sessions um, for the people that are trying to get better at the skill of, of modeling? And maybe part two is descriptive teaching. Like that's a separate skill, getting better at descriptive teaching. Maybe that's something else we're measuring. Or someone who is already super high flyers are modeling. Oh, let's see how you do with descriptive teaching. Let's measure how many times you use core versus fringe and describe things. I love this. I'm one, I have a question. So the teachers that you had do this, did they sign up? Like, was it their choice or did this just happen to all of them? Yeah. <laughs> what a fantastic question. It was, okay. It was uh, mandated that you're going to participate. Okay. okay. Um, now, was there any teeth behind that if you didn't? 
No. Do you know what I mean? There was no, oh, we're going to write you up. And even if we did, what does that mean? A letter in your file that nobody reads? Do you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't about that. And anytime people would have questions about the logistics, well, am I supposed to get six? What if I only get five sessions? What does that mean? I was supposed to do six. It's like, it's about you getting better. Don't get hung up on the, you know, how many minutes do I need to be coached? You know, no, it's about just improving your own skills. Don't you want to get better? You know, it will make your life easier if you, if you sort of adopt the mindset that this is about your skills getting better. Yeah. And I'm thinking, um, I like the idea of potentially being able to do this at the same time, because we're already going to have coaches going into the classrooms, hopefully, and supporting this like grid three vision. Right. And so if we pair these things, then we won't have that word power 60 getting lost, hopefully. Right. And then we also are going to maybe have some like really great buy-in at the same time. Yeah, because we're going to be seeing the progress and maybe, I mean, in our, I mean, kind of what we're envisioning is that maybe we would even see it faster, right? Because now we've picked out these core words for you to focus on. We have your activity right there. It's all very accessible. Your um, word power 60 is right there. Right there. In front of the class. Uh-huh. Right. Mm-hmm. I'll tell uh-huh. you a, a question people ask me all the time and is, um, okay, so you did this coaching with these, uh, with, with the speech language pathologists participated in the coaching teachers participated in the coaching. We started with the speech language pathologists. Um, what about the paraprofessionals? I mean, they're the ones doing a lot of the modeling and it's like, it sounds like yeah. your school district is similar in size to the school district that I support and, uh, on a daily basis. And, uh, we just didn't have the staff to do that. But you could maybe start with just a small number of classrooms again, get this buy-in with coaching, maybe start with the paraprofessionals. There's lots of different ways to get this right. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, and our ability to do training with paraprofessionals is limited, right? I think the same things you were talking about before, but it's even harder, right? Because they're the ones who maybe are doing bathrooming or helping with feeding, to, you know, it's just like, you can't actually ever pull them away um, because they can't be pulled away. You know, they can't just be replaced with a sub. Um, we did get really lucky this year that two training days were built into our school year that paraprofessionals got to take part in. Um, so normally those would just be PD days for our certified staff but classified staff got to partake. And it was awesome because we got to do a big training with paraprofessionals on modeling. And we have just been waiting for that opportunity and like a way to reach them. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was great. And they were awesome. Like they were so good (laughs) because because they're the ones, right? Like right there with the devices all day. Mm -hmm. And so they caught on, I mean, they cut on faster than I feel like most of the people we've worked with. And we were just like, I I shouldn't, I feel like anyone could be listening to this. I don't know (laughs) that I expected the, and it was just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. They were really, really great. Yeah. 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 We know the paraprofessionals are the heart that makes the the body beat. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. 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 Um, Well, so, okay. One other thing I'll say about the paraprofessionals too, would be if, even if you don't have the, the human power to coach them right now, they could potentially be, especially if the environment is, is, is really good. Let's watch the video of the teacher doing this and participate in this, some portion of the coaching, even if they're not being coached themselves, right? Um, that could be something like, oh, okay. Uh, even they're not getting the minutes being coached, just being there could help them build the skill. It's better than not being there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Cool. All right. What other sort of questions might you have about this? Because uh, it sounds like you've got it pretty well fleshed out. Um, what, are, what else is, what else are you thinking about? We did want to ask. So if you were like designing something like this and you like, so, you know, thinking of like enrichment activities and different things you want teachers to have like easy access to. So obviously we want them to have super easy access to like WordPower 60 keyboard, you know, got robust communication system. But then like we already thought of like zones of regulation is like a great tool that's used in our district to have easy access to visuals for that. Is there something that comes to your mind like, oh, this is great for teachers to have really easy access? Because to. it essentially gives quick, easy access to any visuals we want. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's not just word power, right? We want them to have quick, easy access to that, but it really can give access to any other visual that we think would be important for our students to have like consistent access to. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I hesitate to answer because I think <laughs> um, I think this would be a fantastic question for your stakeholder group. What else would you want? What else do you right. use teacher all the time? Um, not because, oh, Chris Bouguet said to add in blah, blah, blah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, it'd be better that they came up with it. I use this um, this volume chart all the time. Can we build in this volume yeah. chart? Do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. uh, something mm -hmm. like that. Then they own it. You know, they have agency right. around it. Something I would be considering, though, if I were you, would be um, knowing that the transition rate and the turnover rate is high mm -hmm. and that you will likely get teachers that leave mid-year and other teachers that come in during the middle of the year. So what does the ongoing training look like for the rollout? You know, you, we missed that beginning of the school year training. Well, okay, we got opportunities here. We got opportunities here, you know. Um, I would be thinking about that. I'd be thinking about what's the ongoing um, uh, communication look like? I don't know. Do you have Schoology or Canvas or some sort of Google Classroom, something like that, right? So yeah. is there a place you can have an online forum, a repository where people can discuss this? Uh, maybe it's Teams. I don't know. Whatever tool you right. use, yes. um, some place where people can share their experience. It probably won't be used wisely. Uh, not, not wisely. That's not the <laughs> Widely. It probably won't be used widely well, i will say we just started last two weeks ago yeah we start so we use webex um mm -hmm. so we just started a webex space for our slps just to put aac ideas mm -hmm. um and it is being used uh, like amazingly like every day awesome. someone is putting some great ideas and then i'm taking those and gathering them and i'm putting them in a wakelet so like later people can go back and access so so far i mean with using webex and that fashion it's been going really really well yeah, yeah. excellent happy to be wrong there so that's so yeah. good that's <laughs> I mean, so we'll good. see but so far we have 22 slps who have been doing a great job of putting great resources and right. answering questions and yeah right yeah and then i'd be thinking about um some sort of again this is a lot so you know do what you can do but mm -hmm. some sort of asynchronous learning experience that sort of is uh um that goes along with, man, I don't, I, I keep missing the in-person training that Samantha and Becky yeah. are putting out and I can't get there. But you know what, for me, uh, because I've got six kids and nine o'clock at night is that after they go to bed, that's when I can log in and I can participate in this course, you know, some sort of, uh, the heart of everything is universal design for learning multiple mm -hmm. means. So there is the in-person experience, but then there's this other asynchronous online experience that you have if you can't do that or if you prefer it that way or 
whatever, you catch even more flies that way. That can be a, some work to put in. So don't feel like you got to do that before it launches. But that's something I'd be thinking about, especially too, it'd be nice for administrators to know that, that, that they're, um, you know, I have to keep funding this year after year. Yes, but there's also this other way people can get the information as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually really love that idea. Just having an asynchronous course available well, to send to new to new hires mid-year and like we can still go and out people it, but... who then come to the in-person training and we're like, that you was awesome, but I actually need to be able to hit rewind on the in-person <laughs> training, right? That allows them to actually do that. Yeah. Yeah. Or share it with my paras. Uh, the paras didn't get to come to this. Can I have an experience where I can do that with my paras? Yeah. Here you go. It's mm-hmm. uh, take this course together, you know? Right. On that one day when half the kids are out sick, <laughs> right? <laughs> and you have two paras sitting there. <laughs> this is what they can do. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. This is the moment. <laughs> yeah. This is the time we've been waiting for. Right. <laughs> well, any other questions? Yeah, I'm curious. Have you ever done anything like a software or anything that you're rolling out to teachers in your district, like at this scale? Yes. So, so the answer is yes. Uh, years okay. ago, we rolled out read and write for Google. Well, I guess it was read and write back in the day, uh, right, read sure. and write for windows. And, um, by the time it went to read and write for Google Chrome, many people already knew read and write. Um, but yeah, so we have rolled out things like this, but I would say, don't think of it as a software initiative. Think of it as a language learning initiative, right? Yeah. And this software is just a tool supporting the the strategies we know are necessary to learn language. I would really, uh, your, your pitch here, your marketing isn't about grid, right? That's just oh, one yeah. tool. It's really about let's learn language together, right? And this yeah. will help you learn language. I know. know when we were calling it grid three and it's smart box, I mean, in my brain, it was like SLP in a box. <laughs> it's not right because it is, it's more than a software. It's really like shifting a mindset mm-hmm. as well, you're teaching. In our neck of the woods, everybody knows the term LWAC. Why? Well, we came up with learning language with AAC, and it's this unique thing, LWAC. What's weird? And it's got the word whack in it, right? (laughs) With AAC. (laughs) But it's fun, right? It sort of rolls off the tongue, and everyone sort of knows it now. Oh, LWAC is learning language with AAC. It's meaning doing stuff uh, to to design experiences to teach language. That's the first part of it, right? Um, and so I think some sort of cool marketing logo that goes with it, you know, um, nice. that yes. sort of branding yes. is what people need. You know? <laughs> this is what I love, fun names and logos is my this jam. Is like writing Samantha's wheelhouse, I can't even tell oh, you. Oh, Samantha, I can see you opening Canva right now, making yeah. the logos. <laughs> Already open. No. <laughs> okay, I love that. I think, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. We're going to get buy-in with the name, right? Names are important, I think. Yeah. Like, right, right, it gives us, it gives us, an, yes. Gives us the way to talk about it. Um, okay. Yeah. Another yeah. different question I have before we don't have you anymore. So you mentioned using s'mores with, and I, I'm familiar with that with some of your teachers as you were doing that coaching. But is well, maybe is that what you used when you did the videotaping coaching model? Yeah, we did use okay. Jill Center and Matt Bod. We hired Jill Center and Matt Bod to come out to our school district to do sort of like a train the trainer. And then we adopted that vocabulary of s'mores. Um, that said, I would be looking at Master Pal as well. Tabby Jones Williver has um, a lot of free resources that she's created around that. The idea, though, behind either one of those is to create a um, uh, 
a common language that we're all speaking. Okay. When I say s'mores in our neck of the woods, people know what that means now. They know what the S means to go slow, you know? Um, same thing with Master Pal. Okay. So you can invite people to create posters for themselves. Do you know what I mean? To post up. Um, uh, yes, you could create it for them and give it to them, that too. But this gives us common language, right? And now everyone in Mesa is using the same vocabulary. You know? yeah. I would actually be curious to go through that training that we do and look at some of, because we're doing those same things that are in s'mores, right? Mm -hmm. And so to look at the language that we were already using and we've, I mean, I don't, I don't know off the top of my head, but I know that we like our director, like our direct supervisor is the most creative human in the world. And uh -huh. she just has the greatest little sayings for everything. And I feel like makes things stick by the words that she uses. Yes. So I'm curious, I would actually want to go back and see what we've already been saying and using that might be resonating already with our teachers. Here's the idea, right? If you can make it your own, even better. Like sure, s'mores, mm -hmm. sure, master pal, great. Okay. But if you can like tie it to Mesa in some way, do you know? Um, right, all of our, I don't know if all of our schools, but all of our high schools, right? I worked at Mesa High. And so it's like mature, ethical, safe, and, you know, Right. I yes. <laughs> yeah. But if we had our own information. See how it stuck? Yeah. You knew it. You you, you knew, knew it. Those were, right? I knew well, it. It would stick if you had some sort um, of acronym like that. Sure. Maybe the stakeholder group could create it, you know. Um, so again, there's some agency and ownership beyond just you two and this other person that you're referencing. You know what I mean? Like uh they could create it and design it, but it's gotta be simple, you know, it can't be too much, and it's still gotta be focused on, you know, going slow, uh talking, um, my Modeling what's happening to the student and modeling what's happening to you, narrating yourself. You know, it's got to be talking about giving wait time. Uh, it's got to be talking about um, expanding on utterances. So you're adding maybe other grammatical uh, morphemes to the to the mix. You know, how, how are we modeling ing and ed and plural s? You know, so you're expanding on that. Those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And I love, I think I hear you saying over and over, because I, I think you're being intentional about this, but that like getting those stakeholders involved. And I think that was something that we really talked about it. Like if we want this to be successful, like this can't just be a thing that we're excited about um, and ways to get people excited, right. Is to get them involved and get their ideas and get them to, because I mean, if I, if I created something, right, I might actually use it. But if someone hands me something that they created, the odds that I use it are like real slim. Mm -hmm. yeah. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. it builds capacity. Now the shared ownership, sure. because who knows? I mean, Samantha, Becky, hold on to each other because uh, it sounds like you have a really good relationship, but who knows what opportunities coming down the, you know, what if Doug goes, oh, Becky, uh, like, someone just quit over at, uh, <laughs> at Smartbox. You want to join the team? You know what I mean? Now, well, there's half the team gone, half the people that are invested. So, but if you get the stakeholders involved now, it lives beyond you, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yes, which is definitely the vision, right? Yeah. Not what like assistive technology in general. We say sometimes like, wouldn't it be great if we were put out of a job because like the world was just so universally designed? But yeah. <laughs> something else I know we're, we're 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 a little bit at time here, but something else that you might consider is establishing your own goal. And then be cautious if you share it or not. But just behind the scenes, you and the, you know, the 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 other administrators, maybe, maybe you do want to share it with everybody. Or maybe uh, the stakeholders come up with the goal themselves, but you too personally could have your own secret, top secret goal that you're working <laughs> towards. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's how you measure success. Because otherwise, uh, a year from now, 
when you're reflecting back, you're going to hear things like that. That was great. Uh, that went really well. Oh, people are rock stars. And these are all nebulous terms that don't quantify whether you actually achieve the goal you're after. You know, it's all fine. Yeah, but you want to have something to actually hang your hat on. We set out to increase modeling by 10%. And guess what? We got it by 20%. You know what I mean? Something like that yeah, is something to be sure. really celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's great. It's a great suggestion. Cool. I did it. <laughs> All right. Anything else? I don't think so. Like that gives us some things to think about. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm excited for you. This is sounds like a really exciting opportunity. You can tell that you have uh, energy and passion around this. And please, you are invited to come back on the podcast at any point. We're struggling. We don't know what to do. We're <laughs> floundering. Let's go brainstorm <laughs> some again. Or Chris, we are rocking it. Look, we're already our preliminary data suggests blah, 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 blah. Come back. Or, or a year, two years from now, guess what? Let's go back and let's do here we were. Here's where we were two years ago. Here's where we are now. We would we would be happy to have a follow-up episode to to see your progress. Perfect. Thank That's you so fun. much. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.